0: Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. A lot of people wish things were different, and that's why God has you. That's why God is in you, because when people wish things were different, they can come to you, because you have the answers. That's the good thing. The answers are in his word. Is that correct? We want to talk about uh, today a continuation of our series uh, on the picture-perfect family. And today we want to talk about the making of a picture-perfect family. And We say it for those who haven't been here in the last two weeks and for our guests is that uh, when you take a family portrait or picture, uh, it, it's, it's so perfect because you don't choose the one where somebody's eyes are closed. You don't choose the one that, that uh, of all the pictures they took, uh, somebody's tongue was out. Somebody got their hands up. You, know, you don't choose those. You choose the one that's perfect for you, perfect for the whole family. It's picture perfect. Well, we said that uh, if the pictures, if everybody on the picture could talk like they, they did in, in our video. Um, A bumper then we would hear a different story everything is not perfect is it? It's not perfect but what we want to do is to find out what God says about making a picture perfect family let's uh, first of all uh, know that we're talking about everybody, singles we're talking about people who don't have children yet, who are married, don't have children yet. We're talking about uh, uh, the kids in the family, and most of our junior highs, seniors, highers, and children are out of the service. We're talking to everyone, singles, adults. Uh, we're talking to everyone, every age group, because we said that God has said that we are supposed to be light for the world. A city that's on a hill can't be hidden. If you have a light, you don't put it on a bush; you put it on a lampstand. God wants us to have the answers. So, therefore, every single person has to have answers, Uh, even uh, young adults. If you're 20, 21, 22, 23 in here, you need to have the answers for the older couple who may be, uh, they just have older children, and they're asking, what do I do? You should have the answers because God has the answers. And so you have God. Let's go to our word today. And we want to probably begin in a place where if we say picture perfect, we want to talk about two things before we get to that portion is that God is a God that you need to know him. You need to know a little bit more about him. You need to know that, oh, this is the way God is. This is the way he operates. Well, one of the things that you need to know about God is that he's a generational God. That's important for you to know. God is a generational God. Let's look at it in, um, let's, let's go to, a good place to go probably is Exodus. Let's go to Exodus chapter 34, verse 6. Let's go there. And, and let's see what what he says about uh, generations. Because Moses asked him to show him his glory. And, of course, he uh, didn't show him his glory. He said, uh, you know, you can't see my glory. Uh, I'll, I'll show you my goodness. And so in verse 6, then the Lord passed by in front of him and proclaimed. So the Lord's talking about himself, the Lord, the Lord God, compassionate. So we know that God's compassionate. We know he's gracious. We know he's slow to anger. We know it says that abounding in loving kindness, and is from the New American Standard. And the King James will say, Mercy. So he's abounding in mercy and truth. Then it says, Who keeps loving kindness, that means mercy, for thousands. What did he mean by thousands? Did he mean by a thousand people? No. He's talking about generations. For a thousand generations. Then it says, Who forgives iniquity, transgression, and sin, yet he will by no means leave the guilty unpunished, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and on the grandchildren to the third and fourth generations. God is a generational God. Do you hear what I'm saying? He's a generational God. Let's look over at Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 9, and it says in, in that verse, Know therefore that the Lord your God, he is God. The faithful God, who keeps His covenant and His loving kindness—again, loving kindness is what mercy—to a thou through the, a thousand generations, and, and I say to a thousandth generations, we don't talk that way now, but to a thousand generations with those who love Him and keep His commandments, God is a generational God. He keeps it. He, he said, "I'm going to keep covenant." I'm going to keep covenant with, with those who love me and keep my commandments to a thousand generations. Do you realize, Nathan, that, that when you have children, that God said if you keep his commandments and you love him. Can you imagine that now? Can you imagine that nigga? to a thousand generations? That means that, that means that your children's children, their children, their children, their children, their children, children, a thousand, a thousand generations. Can you imagine Addison a thousand generations from you? If you just do what? Love him and keep his commandments. He said, I'll keep covenant to a thousand generations. Wow. God is a generational God, isn't he? He's a generational God. I said, wow. You mean you tell me it doesn't matter? Now, because see, if we go back, if I go back generations, I said, "Well, how about my father's 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 father?" Fathers? You said you keep you keep a thousand generations, but you also said that this is the iniquity of the fathers to the third and fourth generation. Okay. Mm. Oh my goodness! But then I read somewhere else in the scripture. That God doesn't hold guilty the children of the parents because everybody's going to pay for their own sin. I said, Woohoo! Yes, 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 yes." I like that, because I don't even know who my grandfather was. I, I really didn't I, I, I know who my father was, but uh, I met, I think I met my grandfather my, on my father's side, one side, one time. On my mother's side, don't know who he was, and so his father don't have a clue. So I don't know whether they were godly, whether they were ungodly. I don't know anything. I know my father wasn't saved. So, and, and, and of course, uh, God gave me the opportunity to lead him to, to salvation before he died. So that's good. But I know when he, when, when I was growing up, he wasn't saved. So I'm, I said, "You mean to tell I'm suffering because I'm in the third generation? I'm down here. I'm, I'm down." Da- uh, you mean I'm suffering? Thank God for the word of God, isn't it? Then we can say, oh, I don't have to pay for the sins of my father. I said, oh, that's good. But I, I said, but you mean to tell me if, if I just, if, if me, Willa Taylor, if I will love you and keep your commandments, you tell me that you will keep covenant with my children's children, and my children's children's children if also my children. You mean tell me that we can go down a thousand generations? You would do that, God? He says he will. That's what he says. So I like that. If, it's, if, if it if it, if it just starts with you, that's all. If it just starts with you, I said, okay, I can I can I can go with that. Isn't, isn't that good? It can start with you. I said, okay, God's a generational God. Also, there's one thing about God you need to know. Another thing about God you need to know. See, we're talking about family, right? If we're talking about family, that means that everyone is concerned about their children. But everyone is concerned about themselves also, aren't we? Yeah, okay. So uh, here's another thing about God. God is a God that he puts a lot into a calling. He puts a lot into that. If he chooses you, it's a lot that goes into that. I want you to know that now. Let, let's look at it a little bit. Uh, let's go to Genesis, just to show you what I'm talking about. Uh, Genesis chapter 18. Let's go there in verse 17. It is a very interesting verse here. Um and we're going to go a couple of verses down there it says the lord says shall i hide from abraham what i i'm about to do now this is this is abraham and we're talking about abraham and we're talking about god and, and we're talking about angels here we're talking about god and, and a couple of the angels came and um god said that this time next year sarah's going to have a child and she laughed and and um god said why'd you laugh and she said i didn't laugh and, of what you know, all this stuff, and, and so they they're about to go destroy Solomon and Gomorrah, and and so here it says, uh, Lord, the Lord said, "Shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? Since I want you to listen to this now." Since Abraham will surely become a great and mighty nation, and in him all the nations of the earth will be blessed. So we're included in that. Praise God. If we be Christ with Abraham's seed, heirs to the promise. Is that correct? That's another place in the scripture. So what we are talking about here is that he's about to tell Abraham something. He's about to say something about Abraham, but he's saying it for our benefit because we can put our name in that. Because he can, he's talking about us. Because I can put Willow Taylor in there. You can put your name in there. He says, for I have chosen him. And I'm going to tell you something. You are chosen. See, you didn't choose God. He chose you. That's what this word of God says. In another place, John chapter 15, verse 16. We can go there, but I'm not going there. God, believe me, God chose you. He chose you. And he says, for I have chosen him, so he's chosen you, in order that he may, oh, you didn't, I, don't, I know you didn't hear that saying, uh, but he says it up there. Now, why did he choose Abraham, he says, in order that he may command his children and his household, meaning that everybody in his household, was they born in his household, whether they, uh, they had slaves back then, they had servants. I don't care who they are in that household. It can be your grandmom. It can be your granddad. It can be your cousin. It can be your aunt. It can be whoever it is. It can be your friend's friend. It can be your child's friend. Whoever's in your household and you're bringing them up because people do uh, bring people into the household and they're because of certain situations or whatever. He says, and his household. After him. Those are two important words. See, he chose Abraham. And he says that, I know Abraham. I know him. And then the King James said, I, I know him. I know him because he is going to command his children and his household after him. Oh. Now, now listen to that. To keep the way of the Lord. By doing righteousness and justice. And he said, I thought we were made righteous by the blood of Jesus. Said, oh, but there's another righteousness doing what's right, upright. Okay, so that's what he's talking about. Doing righteousness and justice in order. See, he said, I chose him and because I knew him, because he's going to command his children and his household after him then it says in order that i may that means the lord may bring upon abraham what he's spoken over do you realize realize that god is expecting when we are chosen when he gives us children when it's somebody else we have responsible for, we're responsible for, and he's given us a responsibility. Do you realize that he expects you to, to rear that person and bring them up in the way of the Lord? And he says, I want you to do it after you. That's important. Because, see, in, in the making of a picture-perfect family, it has to be start somewhere, and it starts at the top. He says that I want you to I want you to command your household, your children after you to keep the way of the Lord, to do righteousness and justice so that I may bring upon you that which I have spoken over you. What has he spoken over you? What purpose specific has God given you? See, we all have a general purpose. All have a general purpose. We all have. We're created to, come on, glorify God. It says that in in uh, Isaiah 43, 7, to whom I have, who to whom everyone who's called by my name, whom I have chosen for my glory. Oh, for my glory. That's what it says. For my glory. Whom I have formed. Whom I have found, whom I have made. That's what he said. So we're created for the glory of God. But that's generally. Specific, what has he called you to do? What has he called you to do? Specifically. You'll never know the full extent of it if you don't do what he's asked you to do with that he's given you responsibility over. He expects us to be stewards. Over everything he's given us. Stewards of your, um, if you're married, you men, you better be a steward over your wife. Parents, you need to be stewards over your what? Children. You need to be stewards over your time. You need to be stewards over your finances that God has given you. You need to be stewards over your gifts that God has given you. Because you want to hear, well done my good and faithful servant. And the only way we can hear that is that we, if we are good stewards. Do you hear me? The only way I know whether I'm a good steward or not is to read what God says about stewardship over his time, over his, his my, if I'm going to be a steward over my wife, I need to be a, understand what am I called to do. If I need to be a steward over my children, what has he called me to do? I need to be steward of my finances. What has he called me to do? Because that's what he's going to call me to account of on that day. God puts a lot into a calling because he chose Abraham. So now, when we say the making of a picture-perfect family, where did it start in Genesis 18, 19? It started after Abraham. It started with Abraham. He says that you, it's got to start somewhere. Let's turn to Deuteronomy chapter 6. The picture-perfect family starts somewhere. In Deuteronomy Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 1, it says, Now this is the commandment, the statutes, judgments which the Lord God has commanded me to teach you that you may do them in the land where you are going over to possess it so that you and your son and your grandson oh my goodness gracious what has he just said he just confirmed to you what he said in Exodus what he said in Deuteronomy channel 7 9 he said that I am a Generational God, didn't he? It? it says that. It says that, so that you and your son, that's another generation, and your what, grandson, might fear the Lord to keep all His statutes and His commandments, which I command you all the days of your life, and that your days may that your days may be prolonged. O oh Israel, you should listen and be careful to do do it. That it may be well with you and that you may multiply greatly just as the Lord your God of your fathers has promised you in the land flowing with milk and honey. Here, O Israel, the Lord your, the Lord your God is one God. The Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. These words which I am commanding you today shall be in or on your heart. That's very important. It starts where? With you. With you. He's saying that every single person, I want you to love me with all your heart, all your soul, all your might, and I want it to be on your heart first. The picture-perfect family starts With the man who spoke last. That was the father, wasn't it? He spoke last. It started with him. That's who it started with. He said, well, I don't have a husband. I know that. God knows that. He knows you don't have a husband. If you have children, you're a single parent, where does it start? With you. You said, no, 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 no. I am relieved of this thing <laughs> because my husband left me or I kicked him out, whichever case may be, you know. But regardless, I am relieved because it's on him. No, 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 no. You see, everything starts with you. Because if you say that, you're saying, with well, the blessings, Start with him, too. I can't get blessed because he's not going to obey God. No. Whoever loves the Lord, whoever keeps his commandments, he said, I will keep covenant with them for how many generations? A thousand generations. Do you want those blessings? Yes, you want those blessings. I want those blessings. Well, then, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your might, and he says that, this shall be on your heart. It doesn't start with our children. It really doesn't. It starts with us. The children in the world, the, all our children, the problem. We may say that these kids, they are getting so, they don't have any respect for adults. They wear the pants halfway down. You know, they do all these things. And they're not what they used to be. It's not the kids; it's us, the adults. Okay? He says it's got to be on your heart. Then he says, "You shall teach them diligently, not just not just every now and then." He says, "You shall teach them diligently to your sons." And they shall and and shall talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you can say drive by the way. And when you lie down and when you rise up, in other words, all the time. All the time. All the time. Matter of fact. You shall bind them on the signs as a sign on your hand. They shall be on the front of of your forehead. You shall write them on your doorpost of your house and on your gate. In other words, I want you to be a fanatic about me. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's how I read this
0: thing. Yeah. We can make a statement. I want you to be so heavenly minded that you'll know earthly good. We say the off-opposite, don't we? We say that, man, they're so heavenly minded they're no earthly good. I don't believe Jesus was so heavenly minded that he was no earthly good. I believe he was so heavenly minded he did a lot of earthly good. I mean the problem is that we are so earthly minded we don't do anything. Earthly good. <laughs> we do the earthly bad stuff because we're so earthly minded. I'm telling you that this is the beginning of a, the making of a picture-perfect family behind the walls now. You see, if you come to my house, you'll see the portrait, you'll see the pictures and everything. They look smile, everybody smile, you know. But I'm going to tell you that behind those smiles... Uh, you know, you talk to them, and they got some situations that they can tell you about. Right? Everybody has them. It's no different than the situations. Here, there are situations in everybody's family. Everybody's family. There are situations in Abraham's family. There are situations, uh, you know, Abraham lied is Sarah, Abraham, you know, it, it, there are situations. But how are we going to handle these situations? According to the word of God. If we handle them according to the word of God, we'll get the, the word of God results. What we want sometimes are the results that God says, but we, we don't want to do what God says. That's our problem. Picture perfect family starts with you. If you want, if you want your picture, and the and the picture, everybody in that picture, you you It's because sometimes you have in your picture two two generations. You have your parents, you have your you know the, the kids, and then you have your grandchildren. You know, uh, they they send those pictures sometime of of different ministries. You know, and you see all the grandchildren and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you see that if you want them to be like god says then you need to do what god says and it starts with us and i believe that this day and time you don't find many families that they are teaching the children when they sit down when they rise up when they When when, when they're walking, riding by the wayside, when they're here, they're there. You don't find a lot of that going on because we're so busy. Because sometimes we are, we're too tired. By the time I work with them on their homework, I don't have time to teach them about God. You know, I mean, hey, it's not but so many hours in a day. I work. Don't you understand that? I can't do that. God says, this is what you're supposed to do. And you'll get God's results. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. That's what He says. Now, God has made it, God has made it in His Word such that it's, it's impossible for you not to get His results. Impossible. Whatever God says will happen, will happen, guaranteed. If he says, I'm going to bless you and bless you to a thousand generations, I guarantee you he'll do it. I guarantee you. Because God is a faithful God. He cannot lie. If we turn over to Ephesians, that's a good place to start. In Ephesians, and we'll be in Ephesians and Colossians uh, well, first of all, I'll start in Colossians chapter 3, verse 21. And then, then we're going to go to Ephesians 6, 1 through 4. Now, I, I want you to, in my Bible, I got, I fold over the pages so I can see both of them at the same time. And you can do what you want to on the screen. You can't see both of them at the same time. So we're going to go to, we're going to, go to Colossians first. Colossians chapter 3, verse 21. And I know in your electronic devices, you probably can't see both of them at the same time. Maybe, I don't know. These electronic devices are getting really, really good. It says here, in verse 29, fathers, do not exasperate your children so that they will not lose heart. That's how it starts. Now, that 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 exasperate means that I don't want you to, to provoke them and arouse them to unnecessary anger. I, I want you I want you to bring them up in a, it says in Ephesians, the nurture and admonition of the Lord. I don't want you to 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 vex your children. Now, if you said fathers, and that word fathers is plural in, in in the Greek, and it can mean parents also. So I don't want you if you're a single parent, and most single parents are, are females. I don't want you to think you you're relieved of this uh, command because you're not. Uh, He's talking to parents. He's talking to anybody who has some children, okay? You cannot be married and have children. He says that I want you to not to provoke and arouse your children to unnecessary anger. This does not mean give them everything they want because they get angry, you are disobeying the scripture. It does not mean that. They can get angry all they want to, you know? Yeah, they can But the anger should not be because you've been harsh with them. Because, see, and especially I think sometimes they'll say, like it is fathers, because, see, fathers sometimes, we are so harsh. We say things in such a mean way. You know, uh, can I do this? No. I didn't even get it out yet. Well, go on and say what you're going to say. No. Now. Now. <laughs> We're just harsh, and we say it in, a, in, 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 in the wrong way. Sometimes we are, you're going to automatically arouse your children to anger if they see you doing one thing, but the word says another. Hypocrisy will automatically arouse your children to anger. Unnecessary harshness, because you are trying to get them to do something that you are not doing. That is not right. That's what God says. Yeah. You behave yourself. Well, do you behave yourself? I hear you hollering. You know, you you raise your voice at me. Come on, don't we? You know, you you you, you know the the, the I, I hear you talking about you know the next door neighbor, you know uh, who goes over her house and who don't go over her house. I hear you talking about the pastor. I hear you talking about your sister. You're talking about Aunt Joe. You talk about this and now you tell me don't talk about my sister like I'm talking about myself. I said to my sister what I wanted to say to her because you said to her what you, 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 you. come on. We arouse our children to anger when we expect them to be obedient when they don't have obedience in them. He said, "Wait a minute, wait a minute. Everybody has obedience in them. Well, then why don't you obey God then if you got obedience in you?" Now see what what happens is that. They need the spirit of God in them in order to be led by the spirit of God. So they need to be led to give them life, their lives to Jesus Christ. But now, if you say, "Well, they are saved because they, they, you know, they gave their life to Jesus Christ back in Vacation Bible School, so and so on," so. that's great. That's great. But let me tell you, you can birth a child and that child is born, but if you don't. If, if you don't feed it, if you don't care for it, that child is not going to grow up the way that child's supposed to grow up. It's not going to happen if they live. Right? Not going to happen. Nor with somebody who, you say if they just gave their life to Jesus Christ, you're going to have to nurture them. You're going to have to bring them up in that admonition of the Lord. You're going to have to do some things, you see. And let me tell you something. Children, if you understand teaching, teaching is done by example before it's done by words. I'm going to tell you. I don't want to hear what you got to say if, you, if I see that you don't have my best interest at stake. I don't want to hear what you got to say if what you are saying by your nonverbal communication and by your actions, opposite of what you're saying in your words students are nowadays they they are very smart Uh, back in in the olden days you know uh, you didn't say nothing when you were around adults unless they asked you something right yeah oh yeah and they would take you out to the woodshed and you don't want to go to the woodshed back in those days when they had you know everything was done by fire you know, whether it be cooking stoves, because when I grew up, our stove, we didn't have electric stove, gas stoves in the kitchen. We had a wood stove, and that's where we made, my, my aunt made the biscuits and everything. She had a bill of fire in order to cook. And I know, I know some of y'all remember that, a few. But I'm going to tell you that children today, they're going to say, wait a minute. You're not doing it. Hey, boy, don't you worry about what I don't do. You just do what I say. Oh, my goodness gracious. I'm going to tell you, children don't want to hear that stuff. And and now they're getting to the point where you can't make them do anything because society is getting so that if you touch them, they'll go to the the government and put you in jail. So I'm going to tell you that you better learn how to teach what God says and how God says, you teach by example. Now you can teach with words. Because your example speaks louder than your words. They see your example before they see your hear your words. That's very important now. That's how you bring them up and don't exasperate them. You don't arouse them to king anger because you now are doing what God says. It has to be in your heart. See, we're going back to Deuteronomy 6. It has to be in your heart. Now, let's go over to Ephesians uh, because Ephesians 6, it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Now, uh, that's what I had my children memorize. They didn't, have to, they didn't have to know but one scripture. That's all. That's all. And, 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 and I didn't say, hey, look, you do what I say, don't do as I do. I said, I want you to memorize this. You don't have to do anything else but these two scriptures right here. These two verses. Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. Verse 3 so that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. That is your promise from God. That's all you have to remember. That's all. God has made it easy for children. That's all they have to remember. If you are anywhere from 17 on down, that's all you have to remember. If you are 18, because the the government says if you're 18, you are grown enough to go to the army and die for your country. You're not old enough to buy alcohol, so you you can die, but you can't buy alcohol. You know? (laughs) 21, you can buy alcohol. And, of course, then, even though you can buy alcohol, you're 21, you cannot rent a car because you're not 25. You see? But if you're 17 on down, this scripture goes for you. Obey your parents. Do we have anybody in here that's 17 or 16 on down? Anybody? anybody? Okay, we got one this line. Okay, anybody else? Okay, okay. You didn't raise your hand, did you, Matt? I know you're 16, girl. Are you 17 or 16? Okay, all right. I know if I say you're 16, you holler. 17, you 17. You know, I knew that. Okay, so so you have to obey this scripture. It says right here, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Okay, I'm talking to you, man. I'm talking to you. I don't know what the kid's name back there, but I'm talking to y'all too. Okay, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor and honor. Is different from obedience. Otherwise, he would, he would have said it. Right? It's honor is—you is, can obey. Go to your room, and you stump to your room and slam the door. Bam! You know? You a man. That's not honoring, is it? That's not honoring. Rolling your eyes—that's not honoring. So honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. Here is a promise that it will be well with you, and that you may live long on earth. And and don't you want it well with you, Manny? Do you want it well with you, Manny? God can cause it to be well with you. All you have to do is obey your, your father, who lied up there, and your mother. <laughs> you follow your mother, okay? Because <laughs> he said he was 17. <laughs> he ain't no 17. dude might be 50 or seventh. He ain't no 17. <laughs> So, I tell you, God made it so easy. He made it so easy. You say, well, what happens if I don't obey the Lord, if I don't honor my parents? Well, you don't have the promise to go with you. So, now, if you don't have God's promise, see, when the enemy tries to come against you, you got the promise of God. God says, that I'm going to live long. You can't kill me because God said I'm going to have a long life. God says, all oh, they're going to go well with me. The thing's going to go well with me. So Satan, get behind me. See, you have the word of God. You have a promise of God to stand on. Then it says fathers, meaning parents also. Do not provoke. That's the same type of word. It's not the same Greek word, but it's the same type of word. And that means that it's a continuous, repeated action. Fathers. Do not continually to provoke your children to anger. Then it tells you, and I told you how to do that, then it tells you how to do something so that you won't do that. Bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. That's how you uh that's how you prevent provoking them to anger. You bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. If you do what God says to do for your children by having it first done in your heart, by having it first, you walk it out, then you teach it. God guarantees you that your children will not be provoked to anger, unnecessary anger. He guarantees it and that things will go well with them. I'm telling you, this is so good. I have another place to go, but we're going to have to wait till next week because this is good, and I want to spend time on it because God's heritage, children are heritage of the Lord. God has, has said that I'm holding you responsible for these children. I'm holding you responsible because eternity is in every child. And if eternity is in it, I want those children spending eternity with me I don't want them where they're not supposed to be, and it's up to you. Let me tell you, it's not too late to start. It's never too late. He said, oh, my, oh, my, my, my children, they are 34, 36, 38. My, my children are older. My children have children. It's never too late because you start. Oh, I'm going to tell you where to start next week. I'm going to tell you, I, it, it, this is so good because I like to teach this because, see, we all have have failed sometimes and fallen short of the glory of God in raising children. But I'm going to show you next week how to how to get this thing back on the road. Even if a child has strayed, even if you didn't do what you were supposed to do when you when you were supposed to do it, I tell you, God is a God of isn't He a good God? He's a redeemer, isn't He? And he, all he'll do, he'll take, he'll, he'll take you where you are and say, let me, let, me, let me show you how to reverse this thing. Let me show you how to go back and, 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 and uh, uh, take back territory that the enemy has stolen from you. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com. Contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance on you and give you peace.